0: Good morning for today's citizen general obligation bond committee meeting. It is 9.35, we'll call the meeting to order. We will start with agenda item one, the Ramaytush Ohlone land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush alone have never ceded, n- lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretaker of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community, and by f- affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. We'll go ahead and take roll. Vice Chair Crawford is absent. Member Larkin. Chair Matthews. Member Pantoja. Member Sanderlin. Member Tung. Item two. Opportunity for the public to comment on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction that are not on the agenda. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment in person, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. There is no in-person comment. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment over the phone, please call 415-655-0001 I have to, one second. Is that the correct access code? Uh,
1: Mary, I think Mary updated it.
0: Okay. Enter access code 2660-805-3191, then press pound, and then pound again. If you haven't done already so... Please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Is there? Are there any remote callers? No. There are no remote callers. Item three approval with possible modification of the minutes of the October 23rd, 2023 meeting. Mm -hmm. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment in person, please line up at the podium. Now each person will have two minutes to speak. There is no public comment. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment over the phone, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2660-805-3191, then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Are there any remote comments?
1: Nope.
0: There are no remote comments. Then we'll take roll on this item. Member Larkin? Aye. Chair Matthews? Aye. Member Pantoha? Aye. Member Sanderlin? Aye. Member Tung? Aye. The motion passes. presentation on the 2016 public health and safety general obligation bond program and pop- possible action by the committee in response to such presentation now we'll turn it over to public works
1: oh there you <laughs> slightly. Late. ready to go good morning chair matthews and members of the c Goldbach committee my name is joe chin public works program manager for the 2016 public health and safety bond program phs for short i'm here this morning to give c Goldbach an annual update on the phs program before I start with the formal presentation, I'd like to acknowledge and thank members of the Public Works Project Management Team and Client Department representatives that are present in this room today in support of the PHS program and to help answer any project specific questions that I may not be able to answer. I see in the room, uh, there's a representative from Fire Department, Chief Miller, and from HSH, uh, Mr. Ann Park. So thank you to both of you. Um, my last formal presentation to Siegelbach was last December of 2022. The first slide should look familiar as it provides an overall summary of the funding allocation for each of the six bond components that are part of the PHS 2016. As a reminder, the total approved bond authorization amount for the Public Health and Safety Bond Program is 350 million, which provides funding for three client departments allocated across six bond components. The three client departments are Department of Public Health, San Francisco Fire Department, and the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Of the 350 million, 272 million has been allocated to three DPH components, which include the ZSFG Building 5, Southeast Health Center, and the Community Health Centers. 58 million has been allocated to two San Francisco Fire Department components, which are the Ambulance Deployment Facility, ADF for short, and the Neighborhood Fire Station. 20 million has been allocated to the Homeless Service Site component. This next slide provides an executive summary of the program accomplishments this past year, upcoming milestones, status of bond sales and appropriation, and a short discussion of risks, issues, or concern on budget, scope, or schedule. This year is now the seventh year after the approval of PHS 2016, and I'm happy to report that the flagship projects under three of the six components have been completed, and the projects are currently in the closeout phase. The three components include the community health centers, the Southeast Health Center, and the Ambulance Deployment Facility. On the ZSFG Building 5 component, we have three projects that are now completed with six projects in active construction. In terms of upcoming milestones, the team is looking forward to starting construction for the last two projects, which are the Psychiatric Emergency Services Project and the Family Health Center on both the neighborhood fire station component and the homeless service site component design has been completed for all projects and the projects are either in the construction phase or starting the bidding phase the remaining nfs projects are fire station 37 44 which includes the replacement of the emergency generators and fire station 30 and fire station 15 which is the removal and rebuilding of a new seismically safe uh, uh host tower the remaining hsh projects are 1001 Polk Street and 525 Fifth Street. There has not been any change in the bond sales and appropriation for the program, as all bond components are fully funded with the third and final bond sales completed around three years ago in November of 2020. I've added a note that the team is currently working with the Office of Public Finance to proceed with the supplemental appropriation of approximately $14 million of bond interest earnings for use by the project, as we are getting close to expending all of the authorized bond funding. Risks and challenges continue to be the same items that we've been tracking since the onset of the program as well as COVID-19 costs and time impacts that I have mentioned in the past two years. While we have seen some improvement in supply chain and material procurement timelines, large electrical equipment such as emergency generators and electrical switchgear equipment continue to see up to one to two years of lead time. The current budget for the ZSDG component is $205.7 million. Expenditures and encumbrances and combined is approximately $197 million, with approximately a remaining balance of $6.9 million. There are currently six projects in active construction. Five of the six projects are being delivered as part of one larger construction manager general contractor, aka CMGC, contract under Panko Builders as the general contractor. These five projects include the seismic upgrade, the analysis relocation, the public health lab, IT infrastructure, and clinical laboratory track replacement. Dallas' public health lab seismic upgrade all approximately third complete, with majority of the construction activities related to metal framing and MEP and utilities installation. The seismic project will continue to focus on saw cutting FRP installation, column enlargement, and seismic joint construction. The ClinLab Lab project is slightly ahead of the other projects at 50% complete, with a target completion by the second quarter of 2024. As you can see from the list of projects and the construction photos there is a significant amount of active construction in building five in particular i want to point out the two photos on the Dallas project at the lower left of the slide that shows a snapshot of the project this year as compared to last december 2022. as i mentioned in my status report The construction duration for this project was delayed significantly because of the need to redesign many of the interior walls and space because of conflicts with the existing post tension tendons and reinforcing steel. I'm happy to report that this at this stage, majority of this wall conflict issues have been resolved and the construction and the contractor is now in full production mode to complete all framing activities shortly. The sixth project, Rehabilitation Department Phase 3, is being delivered using the more traditional design bid-build delivery method, a.k.a. the low-bid method. Rehab is uh, approximately 30 minutes complete. By the middle of next year, I am anticipating that we'll be adding two new projects into active construction that include the Psychiatric Emergency Services and the Family Health Center. PES will be included as part of the PANCO CMGC contract, and the Family Health Center project will be bid out separately as a standalone contract. The Southeast Health Center is located in District 10 of the Bayview neighborhood and consists of the construction of a new 22,000 square feet health center adjacent to the existing health center. The clinic opened to patients on July 29, 2022. The team has not issued final completion for this project because of post occupancy changeover work that was requested by the client department and ongoing warranty issues. The team is currently targeting to issue final completion by first quarter of 2024. The Community Health Center component tracks two comprehensive Community Health Center projects that include the seismic retrofit and interior renovation scopes. They are the Maxine Hall Health Center located in District 5 and the Castro Mission Health Center located in District 8. Maxine Hall was open to patients on October 20th, 2021. We were unable to close out the project because of the construction claims filed by the contractor. But I am happy to report today that the contractor and the city have formally approved the settlement agreement Uh, in november 2023 and we are now ready to close this project by the end of the year Castro mission was open to patients on august 24 2022 the the team has not issued final completion also because of post-occupancy change order work requested by the client department the team is currently targeting to issue final completion by first quarter of 2024. the ambulance deployment facility project consists of the construction of a new ambulance deployment facility that would serve the San Francisco Fire Department's EMS division. This new essential facility includes parking for the ambulance and fleet storage for the ambulance supplies and restocking conference rooms, training rooms, and other administrative functions. The fire department moved in on May 10, 2021 with final completion issued on December 2022. This past year, the San Francisco Arts Commission successfully completed the installation of the art fence that was delayed due to scheduling and procurement issues with the artists. The neighborhood fire station component consists of the host tower removal at six fire stations, uh, six fire stations fire station 6, 11, 12, 15, 21, and 38, to mitigate the seismic risks associated with them and general replacements at three fire stations fire station 18, 37, 44. Fire station thirty-seven, forty-four, issued construction notice to proceed on March 27, 2023. General have been approved by the design team. But public works have been notified by the contractor that they have a tentative lead time of 64 weeks. The final host tower project is at Fire Station 15. Fire Station 15 is currently in the bidding phase with a tentative construction start date of early of 2024. The final generator replacement project is at Fire Station 18. Fire Station 18 is currently in the pricing bidding phase, but it cannot be completed until the bid results for Fire Station 18 are known as the ability to move forward with this project is dependent on the remaining funding. On the homeless service side component, there are three general scopes that are being tracked. The design and construction at 440 Turk Street, which is the centralized administrative offices for HSH, as well as the client access point. Uh, number two, the building improvements at three city owned adult shelters at 1001 Polk Street, 525 Fifth Street, and 216 Golden Gate. And number three, the design and construction at 1064 68 Mission, which is the new office and service space for the San Francisco Homeless Outreach Team. 443rd Street was completed in 2019. The scopes at 525 5th Street and 1001 Polk Street are are focused on critical building repair and deferred maintenance items. Supplemental general funds approved by the capital planning committee has allowed for more critical repair scopes to be included as part of the base scope. 1001 Polk Street is currently in the construction phase with NTP issued on October 25th, 2023. 525 5th Street received DBI plan approval on November 3rd of 2023, and we'll also be moving forward into bidding phase later, later this month. 1064 CC mission is a project that is managed directly by HSH staff. The new facility has been in use since September of 2022. This final slide is a detailed summary that shows the original and revised program budget AND expenditures and encumbrances for all bond components, um, I won't go through the spreadsheet line by line. But let me just point out a few a few takeaway key statistics. Overall, the bond program is currently at 78% based on expenditures only, and over 95% based on expenditures plus encumbrances, with a remaining balance of 15.8 million. And that concludes my presentation for this morning. My team and I are now available to take any questions that you may have. Thank you.
2: Contract cost to the award
1: cost. Sure. Uh, thank you for the question, Member um, Larkin. Uh, the change order of work is not very large in dollar amount. It's just more nuisance type stuff that we discovered. For example, CASH Mission Health Center. After we moved in, especially after last year's winter, we discovered that some of the scope that was outside the project. For example, the windows were leaking. So you know, b- due to budget uh, constraints at the very beginning. WE DID NOT TOUCH THE ORIGINAL WINDOW, SO THERE WAS AN OPPORTUNITY AT THIS POINT TO HAVE THE CONTRACTOR KIND OF LOOK AT THOSE AND SEE WHAT WE DO TO REPAIR THOSE LEAKS. WE ALSO DISCOVERED SOME, um, some BUILDING MANAGEMENT SYSTEM uh, me- uh, MECHANICAL ISSUES WITH THE SYSTEM THAT WASN'T COMMUNICATING WITH THE NEW SYSTEM, THE NEW BUILDING MANAGEMENT SYSTEM WASN'T COMMUNICATING WITH THE EXISTING. So now we have to kind of bring back the controls contractor to try to integrate the two systems to make sure that they're talking properly, be able to kind of maintain proper temperature um, in in the building. So
2: yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say generally, you'd rather get the known scope into the contract rather than try to pay for it with change orders, because that's some you want to have the the work pay priced competitively rather than via the change order process, but if you're telling me it was just a few things here and there, like leaky windows, yeah, okay. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, I also noticed that you're, you're working with a new organization that replaced Oshpod, the Healthcare Access and Information Department, and there are copious references to them in the narrative report how are they to work with? I mean, are, are, are they making your, your job easier? Are they making it tougher? Well, how has it been?
1: Sure, it's a, it's a great question. <laughs> so it, uh, yeah. unfortunately, it's really the same organization as before, they just decided to rebrand themselves. Mm-hmm. So they used to be called OSHPA, which I'm sure many of you have heard before, which has jurisdiction over all hospital construction. They just decided that they grew large enough and that now became set of office. Now they're the department. So now they call the Department of Healthcare and Information Systems. I think H H C I H A A H C A. So I don't quite know right now the exact acronym, but you know, basically, is the department It's really the same folks that we've been working with all these years. It's still the same, unfortunately arduous, you know, arduous uh, plan review process that takes a long time. We are still working with uh, the field staff that comes out to the job site to inspect the work. There's also the same requirement. Making sure that you know all the project sponsors hire inspectors of records, inspect all the work, and likewise, and those is really the, the same. It's just that they're under a different name now. Okay. So no, so no real change. Same
2: <coughs> level of misery or help as it had been.
1: So same kind of ongoing of, challenges yeah, with okay. with uh, with changes mode. that needs to be approved by the state department, which takes a long time. Um, on
2: the homeless and supportive housing. It's it's said that they are manage, are managing the project at ten sixty four sixty eight Mission Street sh- shelter. Do they have you know the experience that you would that you consider adequate to, to manage a construction project? I mean, it, it's way out of their area of expertise.
1: Um, I, I can defer to I know Joanne Park is here, but I know their team is is uh, you know she can chime in, but I know that they have their their own team of. Uh, experts as well, but they also work with developer on, on the work. So I know this project particularly they're partnering with DPH. From, so it's a, it's a joint effort between HSH and public health, where I think the, the, the lower level is the uh, clinic. And then the uh, the back area the other side of the space is the uh, the administrative office for SF homeless outreach team. So um, I, I think they they you know, the project was completed in pretty much all, pretty much on schedule. I think there were some delays, but um, I I think the project has has been fairly successful so far.
2: And well, I had another question, Uh, you know, I'll maybe get to that maybe not. But when you refer to in your report, job order contracting JOC, I'm not familiar with that term. Is it
1: something like IDIQ? uh yes exactly it's just another acronym so okay. job JLC stands for job order contracting it refers to uh, a lot of these uh, as needed contracts public works has under you know in our tool belt so these are pre-qualified contractors that already have a contract with with public works so when there's scopes that are under about a million dollars is kind of the threshold for JOC contracts then we can just go straight to these pre-qualified contractors and be able to quickly review or execute or negotiate with the contractor on the scope, on the dollar amount for GOC in particular. The pricing is already pre-approved or pre-negotiated in a kind of a electronic database mm-hmm. that has all the pricing for various scopes of work. So really is now just you know, working with the contract to build the scope in the kind of the electronic cost estimating uh, system and then once that's done then we could then public works has ability to quickly you know go through the award of a contract it's not a full award which we also don't need to go back to the uh, the public works commission for approval because these are you know already just executing task orders under a previously approved contract and you're
2: you're liking working with it then you're, you're fine um around. it's
1: it, it has this pros and cons yeah. you know so it it's it works i think when you have a scope that's fairly limited AND WE NEED TO BE ABLE TO EXECUTE THE WORK QUICKLY. SO THAT GIVES US THE ABILITY TO, YOU KNOW, OBVIOUSLY you know, IT'S, it's BASED ON THE CAP OF THE JOC CONTRACTING TASK ORDER. SO WE KNOW IT HAS TO BE UNDER A MILLION DOLLARS IS, YOU KNOW, WHAT IT SAYS. AND WE USUALLY TRY TO BACK OFF A LITTLE BIT JUST KNOWING THAT THERE MAY BE SOME CONSTRUCTION CHANGE orders. SO, YOU KNOW, ROUGHLY, YOU KNOW, if THE SCOPE, THE BASE SCOPE THAT WE WANT TO CONSIDER USING A job CONTRACT, IT'S ROUGHLY ABOUT THREE QUARTER MILLION, THEN THAT that may seem like appropriate for a, a jock contract.
2: So you, it allows you about 25 percent for change orders. You know, unanticipated. You know, you open up a wall somewhere and you find <laughs> something you had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it cuts down on administrative overhead, which is good. <laughs> you know, I'm happy for you that way. Um, the Maxine Hall Health Clinic. You said a final settlement was in November of 23. But it looked like there was a pretty big lag between substantial completion or actually between occupancy and the settlement of that. What, what were the issues? Was it just someone being recalcitrant on one side or the other?
1: Yeah, the majority, I mean, we did have the uh, some ongoing elevator issues in the building. Elevator installation was part of the project. Those were, um, you know, we were looking at as warranty items. But uh majority of the closeout was actually driven, you know, by the claim. So it took a while to going back and forth between uh the um the contractor's attorney and our city attorney and going through, you know, um I don't think we went to deposition, but we went through I think at least two rounds of uh of um, um ar- not quite arbitration, but uh, mediation mediation. Yeah. So so finally I think we were able to and then and then I think the agreement was actually agreed to much earlier, mm-hmm. but going through the whole process where it, it, I think we settled it before around maybe summertime was mm-hmm. when we finally agreed to the price, but it had to go to the, the, um, the committees for approval and the board of supervisor approval. They were on hiatus. So we had to kind of wait till September when, um, they, they, they you, know, from, you know, came back from recess. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, what a shock.
2: All right. Th- that's all I had, Joe. I- Sounds like you're doing a fine job (laughs) under the circumstances.
3: Thanks. Uh, Any other questions, comments from committee members? No? All right. Well, thanks, Joe, uh, to you and your team. Um, And we'll take public comment on this item, please.
0: Members of the public who wish to provide public comment in person, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. There is no in-person comment. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment over the phone, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2660-805-3191, then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Are there any public comments on the phone? No. There are no remote comments. This concludes the public comment section for this agenda. Great.
3: Thank you. Um, Just to remind folks, we'll be, we're moving item five to the February meeting, so if we could take item six, please.
0: Item six, opportunity for the committee members to take comment or take, to comment or take action on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction. Item A, audits unit, public integrity reviews.
4: good morning committee members mark de la rosa director of audits for the controller city services auditor division uh, since your october uh, meeting uh, we haven't issued any new public integrity reports um, we are continuing our um, our series of assessments and audits related to city procurements city suppliers as well as following up on our three-year um, recommendations status uh, update on the public integrity report uh, happy to uh, answer any questions that you have. Then moving on to 6B.
0: So, item B CSA division updates and work plan. Would you like to go first?
4: Sure. Uh, no new updates as well. We are continuing our um, audits and assessments as part of our FY23 24 work plan. Uh, we're also continuing our administration of the whistleblower program, as well as our cost recovery um, uh, activities related to COVID. And okay, turn it over to uh, Natasha.
0: Good morning, Natasha Mihal, City Performance Director. Uh, we uh, will be issuing the Our City, Our Home annual report on Thursday. So this is taking a look at the 295.7 million dollars of spending from the proxy that was uh, put in place by voters several years ago. Uh, some of the highlights of this report will be that two, 27,433 households have been served. Um, which represents an additional from the prior year of 1,191. So some of the capacity that the bond, um, sorry, that this program has added is 783 permanent supportive housing uh, units as well as 170 mental health treatment beds. There'll be a lot of detail in that report that will come out Friday. I had also sent to the committee members um, how to sign up for reports for the controller's office if you'd like to receive those as they come out. And the next week, we will be issuing um, three annual reports. So the fiscal year 23 annual performance measure report. This highlights all performance measures for all departments as well as some uh, narrative and graphics up front to highlight from the sort of 850 measures, what are a few to really pay attention to as well as our park standards annual report, um, how the city is doing in the maintenance of park standards, as well as our nonprofit capacity, um, sorry, nonprofit fiscal and compliance monitoring annual report, where we will highlight the status of monitoring for Uh, Nonprofits representing roughly 1.4 billion dollars of spending across the city, um, across uh, I think about 14 departments um, in some of their fiscal and compliance health metrics for their organization. Uh, We will have a short list of nonprofits who will be on an elevated status, which will require a more ongoing um, coordination throughout the year to make sure that those uh, organizations can uh, improve those metrics. Those are the highlights in there. Any questions? Okay, item C, public finance, upcoming bond issuances.
3: Okay, good morning uh, committee members. My name is Bo Scott I'm with the Controller's Office of Public Finance. Uh, very happy to be here with you all today, uh, but I will say that we don't have uh, much of an update since my colleague Vishal Les spoke to you all in October. Um, so as you may be aware, we do continue to be in an elevated interest rate environment. So as such, we will continue to monitor uh, conditions uh, for a potential to refund certain of the city's general obligation bonds. Um, and then of course we do continue to be in communication with the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development uh, for timing needs. Um, So as you can see in the memo that was provided in your packets today, um, we do expect tentatively to issue the third issuance of preservation and seismic safety uh, bonds sometime in the latter half of fiscal year 24. Um, And then Vishal and I are here today to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Committee, any questions, comments? Very good. Uh, Item D, please.
0: Is this yes. FY, uh, sorry, mic is on, okay. The GOBAC FY 2324 work plan, liaison, and meeting dates. So we have our next meeting on February 26th, where we will have a program report from the housing bonds and two liaison reports, the earthquake safety, the ESER bonds, and the homelessness, health, and parks recovery bonds, as well as item five, which we deferred from today. Um, I also did want to raise that our group is working on our annual general obligation bond scope, schedule, and budget report, which we will be issuing right after this. If the committee would like it, we can do a presentation at the February meeting on the results of that report instead of waiting until April.
3: Yeah, that sounds sure. fine. Yeah. So um,
0: I think that's we it a couple team. other
3: yes, items. Yes, I've got um, two items here to add. Um, first is uh, about public comment and the remote option. Um, following the actions of the Board of Supervisors on October the 17th of this year, uh, going forward, see go back this committee uh, we'll discontinue remote public comment at our meetings of this committee, except as legally required, to enable people with disabilities to participate in such meetings. So that'll be reflected in our our next gathering in February. Uh, and item two is uh, for Roseanne. We have a little thank you certificate of appreciation, and the guy the guy with the camera I, I <laughs> collaborated with your union, so that's why he's taking photos. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs>
2: yeah you do (laughs) (laughs) you
3: you didn't have to make this one though Um, yeah i don't know this here let me look read a few words and then we'll we'll come over there all right i'll I'll read a few words while she's coming up um so Roseanne, on behalf of the entire committee and as chair I've the honor to present to you the certificate of appreciation it reads in recognition of your stewardship of the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee through an unprecedented time, and for the grace with which you navigated the technical needs to ensure that our committee could effectively and transparently de- deliver upon its mission and purpose. Thank so you. So it's signed by everyone, even uh, Ms. Crawford. Oh, thank you. It was honored to be here. So. All
2: right, it's been immortalized. Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks very much. Very unexpected.
2: Thank yeah. you. I really yeah. appreciate it. When we said little, we meant little. <laughs> you know, we we want.
3: Great. Um, so, yeah, thanks to the contributions of folks like yourself and others in this building, uh, kind of the unsung heroes of COVID 19 that ensured Absolutely. the continuance of our governance and transparency. So, thanks for that. Um, okay, and so the final piece is uh, public comment on this agenda item.
0: Members of the public who wish to provide public comment in person, please line up at the podium now. Each person will have two minutes to speak. There is no in-person public comment. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment over the phone, please call 415-655-0001, enter access code 2660-805-3191, then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have two minutes. Are there any public comments remotely? No. There are none. This concludes public comment for this section of the agenda item.
3: Great, and our last piece is to adjourn. So thank you folks and thanks, Roseanne. Good luck on your Roseanne. next assignment. You, at ten ten a.m. <laughs>